Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Christopher Sweeney reporting for duty like a good little podcaster. Hello everybody, welcome to Homo Sapiens. How are we all doing? What's on your mind? What's going well? I am the proud owner of a new 5 litre water bottle because I'm really thirsty all the time. Mm, Just going to have a sip. Mm, I hope that doesn't offend anyone. Don't think it does. Can you hear that? It's got a weird hole in it when you drink. Nearly drowned here at my own desk. Now then, what news have we got for you from front desk of queerness, Homo Sapiens, your neighbourhood podcast about the world from a queer perspective? Well, I've had an absolutely wonderful day. i tell you for why. Because I've just been to the tip. Now, there is nothing better than going to the tip for me. It is my happy place. That and DIY stores, as documented heavily over the series of these 400 million episodes we've done. I love a trip to B&Q. I also love a trip to the tip. So I had to go with my husband. We went and then what I did, which I think is a perfect way if you want to um, really, I don't know, get under the skin of your other half, shall I say, is everything you take out the car to go to throw away, you then start to discuss why, (laughs) why you shouldn't be throwing it away, why it might have another use what you could do with it, how it's a terrible mistake to throw it away. So I I did a lot of that without realising I was being quite so annoying. And then uh, my husband maybe gently pointed out that I was being annoying. Uh, Lots of other good things going on. I tell you what, this Pride Month is great. You've written so many lovely messages about um, our Pride content so far. Spotify have stuck us at the top of the hub. So we're the headliners for Spotify, which is very exciting. I was very pleased to see that. Apple Podcasts have made us the the banner. So, you know, I feel very proud that what we're trying to sort of get out there for Pride is being uh, featured and loved by you all so much. Um, this week, we've got a brilliant guest. It's Jodie Harsh, DJ drag queen, although Jodie says she's not a drag queen, actually, and I kind of know what she means, and pop star now. She is our dose of party for this Pride Month. And I am fully, fully on board with her as a person. Fun fact, me and my husband met at her club night 10 years ago, people. Amazing, I could string a sentence together. I was so drunk the night I met her. Him, I mean, I mean my husband. Um, have you listened to last week's episode, though? That was with Munro Bergdorf, activist, model, podcaster as well. We didn't really talk much about her podcast, which I regret because it's very good. Please have a listen if you haven't ever listened. You've written lovely messages, as always, about that episode, so thanks. We love hearing from you. Need I say uh, any more other than hello at homosapienspodcast.com? 
come see it. Now, a little reminder to whiten my teeth. It's just gone off on my desktop. Hmm, interesting. Any tips for whitening teeth? Um, can't seem to find mine. I got these things when I was in Greece on holiday, which is like a thing you put in your mouth and then you put gel inside it. And I know, as I'm saying these words, people can write in and say, don't do it because it's bad for your teeth. But they'd gone yellow and I didn't know what else to do. So I've done it. And I'm not sorry. But any other tips? Anyone? Help? At Homo sapiens on Instagram is how to get in touch. Hey, something I want to throw out to the listeners, i.e. you. I'm talking to you. So I really want to do an episode on the cost of living and the way it's going up. And um, I've been trying to research who might be the perfect person to talk to. And I'm not finding the perfect person because I want to do an episode where we talk about the cost of living and what that means for LGBTQ plus people. But I don't want to talk about it. Tell me what you would like, because the season is about you listeners, you get to choose. But I don't want to talk to anyone too cerebral about it, about the sort of science of economics, if that makes any sense. What I want to know is what we can do, practical things that we can all be doing to try and bring our energy bills down, how to live in a more affordable way, while, you know, we're all supposed to be being more sustainable as well. And in a way that talks to specifically to the queer experience. And I want to talk to someone who is queer, really. And so if anyone knows of anyone, has anyone crossed your path who's amazing? Anyone you follow on social media who's great? Now, obviously, Jack Munro, Bootstrap Cook, would be perfect because we love Jack. But Jack's been on the podcast before and is very, very busy. So unfortunately, he isn't able to talk to us. But someone like that, you know, who is a queer person who could talk to us about the cost of living crisis. And I want to hear from you about how it is affecting you. Let's start that conversation now. Why not? Please write in hello at homosapienspodcast.com. How is it affecting you as a queer person specifically? I would love to know. Um, Speaking of emails, uh, 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 good segue, Chris. One day this keyboard's going to give up. Let's have a look. Email from Vicky. Hi, Chris. Hi, Vicky. My son is bisexual. Bye, she's written. And we have an open house rainbow club at our home on Friday evenings for his LGBTQI plus and heteronormative friends. All welcome. Lovely. Myself, son and daughter are travelling to London from Scotland to celebrate Pride. And as we have never been before, I was hoping you might be able to have a few tips for us Pride virgins in inverted common. This is amazing. Team friendly before and after the parade things to do too. Thanks in advance. Vicky with a little rainbow. Vicky, hello. I love you. Welcome to the party. Welcome to your first Pride. I am thrilled that you are going to be making that journey and you just sound amazing. And this club that you do at home, Rainbow Club, sounds amazing. Um, Good point. Listeners, I'm putting this out to you. Specifically, the request is team-friendly before and after the parade, things to do for Vicky when she's coming from to London from Scotland to celebrate Pride. This is off the top of my head. During the parade, get yourself to Regent Street, drink it in, get yourself to the front if you can, pick a spot, base yourself there, take lots of water, drink it in. It is amazing. I also have to say, on my way to Pride, I have often had some of the best moments. One on the tube, I think you will have heard it in the ads, all these ads you don't like, me talking about being on the tube or towards Pride. The tube has been amazing, so make sure you get the tube there. I think that would be an amazing experience for you. Also a bus, you know, but being a part of people traveling there, amazing. I've also seen the best, best stuff. Like I remember when I went up for lunch, we'd been to Pride and then we went up for lunch somewhere in Great Portland Street, which is north of Oxford Street and obviously the Pride March 
is around there. And I just saw all these groups of people, like groups of friends, running towards getting to Pride. And it just filled my heart with love because it was quiet. And I just saw this little microcosm of Pride and people having real, really good fun. It's probably slightly more relaxed because they weren't in full party mode. Um, so I kind of think drinking it in. Old Compton Street is obviously the bit that gets really busy late at night. I don't think it's particularly kid-friendly. If I'm quite honest, I don't know what the kind of kid-friendly bits either side are. Listeners, I'm putting it out to you. I'm also going to share it on Instagram. For that bit, Vicky, I'm going to throw it open to the listeners and we will keep you posted. Happy Pride Month, Vicky, and happy Rainbow Club at your house. Love it. From Scotland to Denver, people. Hi. Wow, I'm finally writing to you. I found your podcast when my closet door started creaking open. Uh, I'm loving this already. I bolted it shut more than 15 years ago after meeting the worst of the queer community. Too toxic for my taste, and my mother called me disgusting. I'm sorry to hear that. It should not have happened. I've spent the last three months going through a personal reckoning with who I am. I had one of those in the tip today. I came out for the first time to family, and the response was super positive. I'm so thrilled to hear that. More importantly, I came out to my husband and let me tell you I am blessed. He listened, finally understanding my recent melancholic behaviour, then suggested we opened our relationship. Okay, so now I'm understanding that the person writing this email is a woman, somebody who identifies as a woman. So she was in a marriage to a man, a straight marriage. Okay, as long as I was safe, he was happy for me to fuck away. Her words, not mine, people. The weird thing is we feel closer. Interesting. Like Ryan O'Connell said in episode 128, part two, love that you've got the number there, knowing it's there almost relieves the need to take it. Ryan O'Connell, a sage, is all I'm going to say. Your podcast has taught me so, so much. I mean, really, who doesn't love to talk about gay queer sex? Me, I love it. We've got more of that coming up as well. We've got a brilliant interview coming up with Bobby Box. Look Bobby Box up on the internet. That's all I'm going to say amazing unshackling of shame around gay sex it's so exciting that i can't wait for you to hear it and anyway back to the email and my greatest respect for the podcast is its diversity from gender race and ability not just gay white men well listen thank you that's really kind and we could always do better i feel to be honest um i want you to know you have steered my journey into self-expression and freedom to live my best life i am going to my first pride event as another pride virgin as they say in birmingham at the end of september omg i can't wait love to you denver oh my god i've just realized this person is called denver they're not from denver sorry everybody well maybe they are from denver i don't know someone from denver going to birmingham pride help This is beautiful, beautiful email. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate it. Would you do me a favour? Please let us know how your first Pride went. Vicky, when I've got your answers as well, please let me know how your first Pride went. I am dying to know. And then on Instagram, well, did you see that Rebel Wilson was, there was an Aussie paper trying to out Rebel Wilson First things first, Rebel, welcome to the Big Queer family. You're going to love your stay. Please take a seat. We asked you what you thought about the paper kind of outing them. Rebel, sorry. Uh, Ron says we should all be able to come out when we feel ready. Shane says they were outing her, knowing the clicks they would get. Shameful. See, this is it. Outing people is still clickbait. And when I don't know how we get around that. G-Hole says this is disgusting. A gay writer selling out his community for cheap clickbait. Yes, I forgot that the writer was gay. 
KM says, the media applied pressure and threat. The same happened with Philip Schofield. Yes, good point. So KM's actually written Pip Schofield because I think you're going to run out of letters and I love that. Good abbreviation. And I didn't know that Philip Schofield was nearly outed. I don't think I knew that. Uh, Thank you for alerting me on that. BQCon says, Oz, Press and Her, no love lost there. Interesting, didn't know that. I bet they totally came for her. PMC says, shameful, disgusting, problematic and so dated in this day and age. The paper should be fined. Interesting. Herbie says, funny enough, I just listened to the Pink Panda episode. This was a perfect example. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Pink Panda episode, Justin Bengry still available on the feed, everybody. So, yeah, speaking of love lost, not a lot of love lost with you lot and uh, what's gone on there. Now, what can I tell you about our interview with Jodie Harsh? Jodie started out as a DJ as you'll hear in the interview, friends with Madonna, basically. I mean, we go into that. I really like Jodie. She is a scion of nightlife. And the queer community needs nightlife. We need it, we need it, we need it. And it's shutting down, down, down. But as Jodie's setting up nights, rooms over to where I met my husband and now does Feel It, which I think is a brilliantly inclusive, queer, beautiful, diverse party, which is what the gay community needed. Jodie is lovely. Uh, it's a really fun chat. So let me get out of the way and let you all have a listen to that. Here's Jodie. You've been releasing fucking bangers left, right and centre. Oh, I try. Uh, to try to put some happy, joyful music out into the world in these, little old me. In these dark times. <laughs> <laughs> How... How did all that come about? Because it felt like such a logical thing when I saw you were releasing music. But then how did someone approach you? Did you approach someone? So I started making music quite a while ago and it just went hand in hand with DJing. It seemed like a natural development. Mm. So I was making music and songwriting and I've done stuff for like people like Charlie XCX and blah, 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 like loads of remixes. And I've remixed with people like Beyonce and whatever, done some some quite cool stuff. And around, I guess, about six months before the pandemic, I started focusing on more of an artist project. So I started releasing singles just as my own releases. Some of them were featured artists. I I actually, I guess that was about 18 months before the pandemic, maybe. Um, No, it was about six months before the pandemic. All we know is time melted for three years. That's all we know. (laughs) know. It's like, everything just went weird. When did we stop dancing to my music? Like actually in person. (laughs) And I think it was actually about six months in. And then the pandemic hit. And um, still kept chucking out some releases just on on my own label. Mm-hmm. And then I made the track My House. Love that tune. Big sample record and really fun and disco house and kind of inspired by like Armand Van Helden records and whatever. And that started to blow up. And that got the attention of Warner Records, who right. signed the record and gave me um, a record deal. So I now have this amazing setup where I'm signed to Warner mm-hmm. and we're releasing music through them and it's very exciting times. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. I've literally just been in back to back sessions for a year. So I'm really? sat on a folder of maybe 50 really, what I think are really great wow. tracks and loads more that are kind of like, you know, in the rubbish folder. <laughs> <laughs> so am I right in saying you are the first? ever drag artist to be playlisted at radio one yeah for sure yeah that's amazing well but hang on what about rue and all those songs way back when i don't know if they were like very radio one were they i mean i'm not i'm not really actually do you know what you're right i bet britain didn't take much notice in that respect i bet it was just we consumed it via mtv and america for sure yeah for sure 
big fan mm. of Rue, and Rue opened so many doors for so many people. And yeah, I love Rue. Totally respect Rue, like mother. It's isn't it funny how? Because I remember seeing Rue for the first time on TV when I was a kid, and it was big hair, and it was all of that, and it took that long for it to cut through to mainstream. She told me once that um, from the day they started pitching Drag Race until the day season one launched was mm-hmm. almost 10 years. Really? Yeah. took wow. about 10 years to get it on TV. Now it's season, is it 14 that's on now? Probably. They started pitching it 25 years ago. That is crazy. Isn't yeah. It? Progress and overnight successes take a long time to happen, I think. Yeah, well, that's, um, thank God. Yeah. But yeah, about being played on Radio 1 and stuff like that, it's, I guess the I guess my sort of position, stance, where I come from, whatever, is is slightly different place from the, the drag race thing or the Rue thing, or I'm not really performance-based. I started in clubs and, and being mm. a DJ. And so it's, it's a bit more... Um, I'm not saying all their music and what Rue does, everything is any less valid at all. Mm. But um, I just, I guess I just came from it from a different angle. Yeah. And also, but what, what people maybe don't know quite so much, maybe they do, but it's like a lot of DJs end up going into music, but they end up, there was very much a, a, a form that they would be slightly more behind the scenes and there'd be a guest vocalist who would take front stage. Yeah. But then you've become the artist, which is perhaps a little bit more rare. Maybe, but I think a lot of DJs now are household names and you and you know what they look like. Look at like Joel Corey, Calvin, yeah. David, Jax. I mean, DJs are kind of the new rock stars, I think. Mm. And to be honest, drag queens are the new rock stars as well. Well, I was just about to say to you. I've you said, said that before. Yeah, you, so I yeah. guess that combined is like... It's me. you, hello, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> That's what we were working towards. But I think... It is different. And I guess, you know, Fatboy Slim and people like that changed that vibe back in the day, 20 years ago, whatever. And now I think DJs can be more household names and you know their faces and and um, it's a bit more of a pop thing. Pop in terms of like popular as in like household. Yeah, right. But there's always been a thing without wishing to generalise, like where the DJ, you know, you know, when a DJ has a massive hit and then they have to go on some performance thing and they just look yeah. so awkward because yeah. it's not it's not their neck of the woods ultimately they're not such yeah do you know what i mean totally but i think i i don't know i think there's a certain amount of ego that you have to have as well for being a dj these days as well because you do have to play that game if you're going to have commercial success and mm. you do have to go on those stages and on those shows and on those radio things and and it's also really fun to do that kind of stuff One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. What I want to ask you about is that one of your people who you adore to collaborate with is Madonna. Mm. Correct? So Madonna, huge part of my heart. I oh, love her. Yeah. You know, from the early days to all the later stuff. And I feel like people don't get her so much anymore. And that's really no, disappointing. I completely agree. I obviously grew up a huge Madonna fan. I think she mm. has been the zeitgeist for so many different eras. She's mm. been such a trendsetter musically and visually. I think that the people that she's collaborated with and just curating your collaborators alone is like yeah. a huge skill. Um, mm. I think the way that she has sort of changed the game in the pop world has been magnificent. She's outlived, uh, and she's definitely not done yet, but she's outlived all her contemporaries pretty much. Most of them mm -hmm. have died, actually. Mm -hmm. And I think that she's had the most spectacular career and the body of work that she's still working on now is magnificent. I mean, how mm. many albums, how many films, how many amazing videos? The work ethic is completely inspiring as well, just mm. over the last 40 years. Uh, and the output is just amazing. And yeah, I, I mean, of course, I've, gr I've grown up a massive Madonna fan. You, my first concert was a Madonna sh concert, the Drown World Tour. Really? Yeah, you know, I, I know all the lyrics. Drown World Tour. Yeah, I mean, I'm an amazing show. Um, and I, you know, I find myself, we're not friends, but I find myself in the same room as her like several times a year at the moment. Shut up. Yeah. And we've got a lot of mutual friends. I know that's the most, if you could tell me, at 16 years old that I would one day be saying yeah me and Madonna have all these mutual friends yeah I was with Madonna a couple of weeks ago yeah I was about a young kid from Canterbury a kid in a wig from Canterbury um <laughs> but we, we do we 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 do happen to have a load of a load of really good mutual friends and so some you know sometimes they'll be like you know I'll be invited to a dinner party and she's at the table and that kind of stuff and Shut and up. yeah so I've had uh, tons of like more than I wouldn't say like run-ins but I've hung out with Madonna a bunch of times and would absolutely still love to work with her. No, that's never been suggested, by the way. I was going to say, have you mentioned a collab? No, 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 no. Has she commented on your music? Does she know? For sure. We've chatted about DJ stuff. And I mean, I, mm. I DJed like a party for her as well. And um, I do want to just point out again that I'm not mates with Madonna, but I have hung out with her a bunch of times. I'm going with mates. I'm I sorry. I don't have her number. I don't have you her don't. address. No, no, no. We're, no, no, no. But... Um, where I currently stand with her, I'm mm -hmm. kind of loving her, like, L.A. Kardashian dress mm -hmm. sense kind of, like, <laughs> kind of thing yeah. that she's got going on right now. It's not where I expected her to be at this stage of her life slash career. It's fun. She looks like she's having a laugh. 100%. And she's always done it her way, and I'm like brilliant yeah which more people could be like her but in, to, people tell me that the close inner circle call her m is that true m yeah yeah because you just can't say madonna around madonna it'd be mm, weird yeah but i won't listen to people slagging her off and mm -hmm. if they're not into her output right now or her look or her i don't know her, her music choices or, or whatever because she literally is the blueprint for the pop world we now know yeah and you know and also isn't it that when someone has given you so much, you then start to look to them to give you everything you want. And maybe that's it's a lot right. of responsibility for exactly. an artist. Exactly. And yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that she looks like she's having loads of fun. 
It'd be interesting to see what she does next. I know they're doing the film thing, aren't they? I'm not sure if there's more yeah. music coming, but I mean, maybe there's a place for you on the soundtrack. But what <laughs> I always thought was um, a- a- amazing about her was when she was talking about doing that film, WE, and she's obviously yeah. done various films throughout her career. And some, this journalist said to her, I always I love a Madonna deep dive on YouTube, her yeah. old. Yeah. Uh, Madonna being a bitch, their words, not mine. <laughs> also love. But some yeah. this journalist said, a male journalist said, what made you think you could make a film? <laughs> she said, well, everybody told me I couldn't make music and that worked yeah. out. So what go. made you th- think I can't do a film? You know, like it, the, if you have to remember the context of Madonna, like where yeah. she, what world she was in doing the stuff she was doing. Is the context and the context of that is in the people that you're around. If you're around super creative people who are multidisciplinary, why, mm. why not reach out into another media form? And, yeah, and give it a go and if you can work with all the best people and you can get the and you can get funding and you can go and make something why not yeah. i'm sure she loves a challenge how many number one hits has she had how many number one albums how many sellout tours probably challenging things are exciting so maybe to to do a swerve and make a movie that was a challenge for her which she probably mm. enjoyed so i mean this is just guessing but yeah well you know you're close mates with her you can no you can i'm not <laughs> i'm not i'm not i'm not i'm <laughs> not Jodie Harsh comes out as not close personal friend of yeah. Madonna. The only person who doesn't want to be best friends with Madonna. I didn't say that either, but we're just yeah. Who are, your, who are your mutual friends? We've just got to have a name drop. Or two. Oh yeah, um, designers Jeremy Scott, Ricardo okay. Tishy, um, you know who's obviously at Burberry. Matt mm. and Marcus, the photographers. Matt's one of my best mates. He's Madonna's one of his best mates. Like we're got yeah. It. I mean, tons of people, actually, yeah. This dovetails nicely to, I want to talk to you about nightlife, because you appear to be single-handedly resuscitating London. Mm. Um, Mm. Actually, I'll go back to the beginning. So you are part of the reason why I am married to my husband, because I met him at your night room service. Oh, oh, room service, RIP. I love stories like that. And that's not the only room service wedding as well, by the way. I have had a few others, yeah. Oh, because room service was a Tuesday, right? It was a Thursday. Thursday. Oh, yeah. I've always been like, why was I out on a Tuesday? Yeah, it was um, Thursday. I ruined Fridays for people. <laughs> so yeah. that was one of your first nights that you ran, but yeah. it wasn't your first, right? It wasn't the first. Um, I started to throw parties when I was at uni, like raves and sort of work at people's nightclubs and do the door, do the guest list and things like that. Yeah, and I just realised that I was good at bringing people together and curating music and DJing mm-hmm. myself and, and and basically throwing a party. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always seen the importance of that because going to a club is someone's escape, you know, and I, I enjoy the concept of a nightclub as a sort of fantasy land and a playground and a and a, mm-hmm. and a place where you can get a sort of a, a safe space that you can go for four hours or so and forget about the outside outside world and just and kind of play. That's the whole mm. purpose for it. Act like someone else. Act like your best self or your worst self. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> have fun and forget about the real world outside. And I think that form of escape is is important for people. Hey, yeah. other people have religion. Other yeah. people have church they'll go to every Sunday. I'm not saying a nightlife is another form of religion, but m- most people have something. You know, it could be a fucking watching Coronation Street every night. And that's like mm. someone's like absolute escape from the realities of real life and then they switch back to the news Mm -hmm. or go back to work or whatever 
but for a lot of people nightlife is is this sort of escape zone so I've always seen it as being very important and, and I started going out to clubs when I was 15 and obviously as a dance music fan and um, someone who likes to go out and you know snog someone and have a crazy night and the excitement of not knowing where a night is going to take you I've mm-hmm. always been fully aware that that's something that a I love and b I'm kind of good, good at putting together um, yes. I also enjoy branding as well, right? Like visual identities and like artwork, and you know, I've had fascinating. Have you ever seen that poster that is like hairstyles of famous people, Mm, and it's like it's like Bowie and you know, oh right, right, yeah, recognize, yeah, and it's like if you, I think even Obama was on it and I recognized him, but it's like, you've got to go to a certain level and it almost is like branding and your hair is so synonymous with you. Totally. So my hair is out of, uh, we'll call it hair, but you know, who are we kidding? kidding? Uh, But but my wig is um, semi-conscious decision. It's, I realize it suits my face shape. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easy. I don't really care. It's not that I don't care too much about my look, but the f- I I like that it's a sort of a uniform, yeah. and it doesn't require much thought. I'm not on Drag Race doing mm-hmm. you know a different runway every week. I uh, like a consistent silhouette or look. It's right, just yeah. easy for me. I'd rather spend the time working on music or doing other work than like creating a look for for the kids you know it's just not (laughs) what i do there are so many people that are so much better at being absolute chameleons and like Mm. throwing amazing looks and you never know what they're going to look like that's just not what i do i'm not saying i'm not very good at it well i'm not very good at it (laughs) i just think so so i just think just one look is just so um it just suits my my lifestyle (laughs) yeah and and i love the look and i i also love that you say that it's simple because it looks like a lot of work but i want to know about the creation of jody harsh because obviously i've been aware of you for years and years and years and we sort of occasionally passed like ships in the nightlife (laughs) and i'd actually forgotten that your name is based on jody marsh yeah kind of so she is like some model that doesn't isn't really like around anymore and because my real name begins with a j my name was given to me as jody such a boring name and <laughs> i don't know the name was just given to me by someone that I was hanging around with like, I like the name, at the time and okay. it's kind of funny and it's sort of like i don't know there's always been a, a very um a thing in drag culture where a punny name yeah. is, is like quite a regular thing. You know, Cheryl Hole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can I tell you my drag name? Yeah. Annette Zero. Oh. Did you get it? No. Annette Zero. Because, you know, we've got to get to net zero. Oh, I see. I see. I see. Oh, I, um, I thought that would be better received. Have you done drag? No. I mean, it's really funny because I used to, as a kid, I... I wore dresses. That's all I did. I right. loved it. And then I weirdly stopped. And I was talking about this earlier today, funnily enough. I was like, I wonder if I stopped because I felt like I didn't, because the patriarchy got me, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or if it kind of died off in me. And I do genuinely, having had fucking 15 years of therapy, I do think it's just something that went away um, rather than me hiding it. But I I went as Kate Moss to my 13th birthday. I've just remembered, oh, yeah, <laughs> I just so remembered this. That's so cute. I so didn't look like Kate Moss either. In stark contrast, I didn't dress up. I didn't like put my mum's dresses on when I was mm. a kid at all. Really interesting. Yeah. So I guess 
you got it out of your system and I'm still working through my system with it now. Well, it's funny, isn't it? Because if you if you strip back all the bullshit around gender, I just felt most, most at home in that yeah. stuff. And actually, yeah. what happened was, if I'm remembering the history correctly, is like, yeah. I then discovered tracksuits and was like i fucking want things to be easy and i yeah and almost like the uniform but in a very different way totally and then i sort of yeah and then and i love clothes and i love people like you or amazing people in the public eye who can dress beautifully because i do think and this is not news but like i think fashion is a language and Mm. outsiders use it to speak because they can't in other ways Mm. Because I think another reason why I always look the same is like, let's focus on the music or mm-hmm. the party or whatever, as opposed to what I look like. I th- that's what I mean by my look being a sort of a semi-conscious decision to sort of like go, this is not what this is about. Hello, end of part one. Loving chatting to Jody. Hope you're loving listening. What have I got to say to you? Uh, there's more in part two, so go listen to that. 